0: Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Syngenta In Contact podcast. My name's Rachel Carroll and I'll be hosting the podcast for the next six months. I'm looking forward to delivering some interesting topical content and delving into the wonderful world of agriculture. So without further ado, let's crack on with November's episode. In this month's edition, we'll be dropping in at our innovation centres across the country to talk to our fabulous trialists. They'll be giving us updates on how their drilling is going, problems they're facing and the interesting trials planned for their sites. But first, let's hear from Graham Redman, who discusses the changes to agricultural policies and takes a look at the future of basic payment schemes and its replacements, such as the Environmental Land Management Scheme.
1: There's a lot of change about to happen in UK agricultural policy. And here's a summary of it. In the short term... The Basic Payment Scheme will continue, at least for 2021, in all parts of the UK. But we are already seeing divergence in legislation between the devolved regions post Brexit. In England, all greening has been abolished from next year. In Scotland, crop crop diversification, the three crop rule, will not be required But the ecological focus areas will be maintained for 2021. The Welsh Government is currently undecided. In England, 2021 marks the start of the seven year agricultural transition. BPS payments will reduce gradually to nothing by 2028. Support will not disappear as many have been concerned about. The frequently aired views that government is simply walking away from farming are not true, as policy will change, but not stop. Indeed, the total amount of money committed to agriculture will remain unchanged until 2024 at least. Such concerns, though, possibly reflect how dependent farming has become on the direct BPS support, which does need to shift. Over the seven year agricultural transition, the link between receiving support and occupying agricultural land will be broken. Once support is delinked, a BPS recipient could double the size of their holding or theoretically stop completely and would still get the same entitlement to the tapering income stream. It effectively gives the claiming business a right to the future support based on what they received in a reference year or years, which may have already passed. Lump sum payments are a possible additional measure from 2022. The future stream of income from delinked payments may be made into one single capitalized sum. It's separate from delinking. It might not be available to everyone, but could be used either as a retirement sum or for reinvestment. If it is introduced, it's unlikely to be available to everybody as there wouldn't be enough budget. As direct payments, BPS, are phased out, they will be replaced by payments for public goods, services that agriculture can provide to society that are not delivered by the marketplace. That excludes food production then. This will be delivered primarily through the much publicized Environmental Land Management Scheme, ELM. Many of the objectives are familiar from previous agri-environmental schemes, but elements such as climate change, air quality and hazard protection become greater priorities, such as we haven't seen before. ELM will most probably be based on a three-tier model. Firstly, a broad and shallow offer available to all farms with a menu of options such as the entry-level stewardship scheme had. The second tier will require more management. The focus will be on positive management such as biodiversity, flood management, carbon storage, landscape heritage and such things. This will be the core of Elm over the long term and will build on the current countryside stewardship scheme. A third tier will aim to get landowners to work in groups to deliver broader or more complex change of land use including afforestation, peatland restoration and so on. It looks very much like former agro-environmental schemes but this one will be bigger and worth much more. Payment rates should be higher as restrictions to only recoup income foregone and cost incurred that they've had to abide by in the past will no longer be necessary. There will be a stepping stone set of schemes to transition to the new landscape of support. A new sustainable farming incentive scheme will be available from 2022. Most farmers should be able to enter that. It's expected to cover areas that will be included in Elm, such as soil health and emissions that are not currently well supported. And a simplified countryside stewardship scheme will be the stepping stone into Tier 2 of ELM. It will be tested under ELM pilots in 2021. Other schemes will start a couple of years after that, which require more complex change of land use. These would form the prototype for Tier 3. Whilst the majority of funding will be channeled through ELM, Once it's fully launched, there will also be other support streams for England, especially in the early years of agricultural transition. These are likely to include the following areas. Productivity improvements in farming, which may look like the current countryside productivity scheme. Possibly a future farming resilience fund, uh, which will offer advice for farming businesses, especially dealing with the loss of direct payments. schemes for farming uh, to deliver animal welfare enhancements that go beyond the regulatory baselines that are valued by the public but not sufficiently that they pay for it through the market and the producer organization scheme for horticultural businesses will remain in place as well we're not expecting a direct replacement for the european rural development program and the funds that it supported Funding for measures such as forestry, competitiveness and training are likely to come under the main Agricultural Support Scheme. But new Shared Prosperity Fund will replace the old Rural socio-economic Development Funds such as LEADER and the Growth Fund. Details of schemes have not yet been announced and they could form a further consultation one of these days uh, before long. Cross-compliance will become ineffective once BPS is delinked from land, but don't expect a reduction in red tape. Cross-compliance, mostly, is already legislative. However, the way it is enforced and administered will change. Overall, there will be big changes. Those keen to change with the times will enjoy continued benefits of policy support. But the concept of direct payment just won't last. This means farming systems must alter too. Policy might turn out to be one of the smaller things that changes in the coming decade. But it's one that we can see a bit of right now, so we can prepare for it. We can explore the other changes in coming months as we learn more about them and spend a bit more time on the other devolved regions as well.
0: That was Graeme Redman from the Anderson Centre talking about the future of UK agricultural policies. Now, let's catch up with our trialists Andy, Ben and Joe and find out what's happening across the country at our Syngenta Innovation sites.
2: Now then all, how are you doing? I'm Andy Cunningham and I am the Northern trialist for Syngenta and it's probably a good time for me to give you a brief run through all the different trial sites I'll be looking after this coming season. Now, my largest site is definitely going to be the Newark Innovation Centre that we have just on the outskirts of Newark actually in a place called Stubton that we have in conjunction with Beeswax Farming. Now we eventually, weather allowing, got it drilled on the 15th of October so that's nine days ago as we speak and the tips of the crop are actually just starting to come through the surface so um, things are happening pretty rapid down here. Um, There's plenty going on. We've got the usual suspects of the variety screens of both winter wheat and winter barley. We're looking at different qualities of both of them. We're also looking at the importance of seed dressings, um, and how it is important to control both the soil and seedborne diseases that these can have an impact on. Um, the last couple of years, we've been looking at how we can manipulate our current fungicide programs, given the season that we're given. Um, so we'll be doing that again. Um, Now it's not all about synthetic chemistry, I'll be looking at biologicals, but also biostimulants and seeing what benefits they can bring in both in forms of disease control, but also in crop resilience and also nutrient efficiency, which kind of brings me nicely onto some unique work that I'm doing at Newark, looking at nitrogen inputs and both on wheat and barley and the ways that we can potentially reduce the total amount of nitrogen that we need to apply to these crops. So that's, that's going to be interesting. Now, my other standard sites that I have will be based at Sykehouse, which is just on the outskirts of Doncaster, and also up at Killam on the Yorkshire Walls, which is about seven miles off from the east coast. Now, these are going to be very similar to the Newark site, but with a slightly different slant. But also, these were actually drilled relatively early, first week in September. So they're well established now, which means hopefully i'll also have a good amount of disease to play with too um as the earlier we drill the more chances diseases like septoria can build up so hopefully i'll get be able to get some nice differences at them sites now it's not all about diseases i have got my ryegrass focus site which i have at doncaster again uh, and that's in its third season um I got it drilled just before the weather broke at the end of September and again the pressure of the grass is extremely high which means the differences between the treatments should be nice and easy to see. So I've got a good range of trials going on there looking at the different pre-ems, stacking and sequencing of them, different post-ems that we've got and when is it best to apply it. I'm looking at herbicide adjuvants and what they actually bring to the party. Can they keep our herbicides in that top layer of tilth and also can they make them more crop safe. Um, I'm also looking at the benefits of our different crop species we can we can drill and how they can suppress ryegrass namely hybrid barley. And finally I'm actually hoping to get another drill timing in in that site if the weather allows. This is uh, hopefully to show the reduction of the pressure of ryegrass but also what effect it will have on your crop and the final yield that you can achieve. So hopefully I can get that in. Next week looks relatively good, but I think I remember saying that last year a lot. So we'll see what comes. So that's enough for me to keep me occupied for the rest of the season, I would have thought. And as things of interest happen, I'll be posting updates on my personal Twitter account, which is at trialsbloke. So hopefully you can follow me there. But hopefully this coming season, we'll be able to take you around our trial sites in person. And if we can, I'll hopefully see you then. But um, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Catch you
3: soon. Ta-ra. Bye. My name is Ben Urquhart. I'm a senior field biologist in the trials team at Syngenta. I've nearly 10 years' experience conducting agricultural field trials, and part of my role is looking after the Innovation Centre based at Ruffham in East Anglia. Field Technical Manager Georgie Wood and I took over responsibility for the site in 2018. Over the last three years, we've drilled nearly 4,000 small plots, including winter and spring wheat and barley, oilseed rape, linseed, beans, cover crop mixes and even the odd sunflower. One of our big challenges is to ensure that the site remains interesting and relevant throughout the season, which means we always plan to include a wide variety of trials work, but also try to build in flexibility to adapt with a changing season. And this is reflected in our adaptive disease management fungicide demos, and also in the decision last season to switch to a broader range of spring cropping options following a difficult and wet end to 2019. As is the case for many people, wet weather at drilling has been a big challenge for us with this season getting off to a frustrating start. Our infield weather station recorded rain every day from the 2nd to the 18th of October. So we had a bit of a wait for a good opportunity in spite of a fantastic effort by the trials team to prepare the 3,000 or so packets of seed that make up our Newark, Banbury and Ruffham Innovation Centres. We made the most of two good days on the 19th and 20th of October and managed to drill the bulk of the site at Ruffham with just a few timings to follow in the coming weeks. So fingers crossed for good weather. This year, we have a large block of winter barley and winter wheat plots with work looking at BYDV mitigation, biogas, silage, loose smut control, varieties and biostimulants, as well as nitrogen application and fungicide work in the spring. Alongside the small plot work is a larger block looking at different cultivation regimes when establishing barley. Currently, the weather is returned to the on and off rain that's a bit too familiar from 2019, but hopefully a break in the weather next week will allow us to apply pre-emergence herbicides and slug pellets, as well as giving us an opportunity to drill just a few
4: more plots. Hi my name is Joe Bagshaw and I'm the crop trialist for Syngenta over in the west. I have two main sites, uh, the main one being up in Shropshire uh, which is on the Staffordshire border not far from Western Park. This site mainly focuses around wet weather diseases. Uh, We also have a second site which is down near Banbury in Oxfordshire. This was an amalgamation of the old Warwick and the Oxford sites and these are the sites that we'll be talking about today. As mentioned my main Trial site is up in Shropshire. Uh, we have this site in conjunction with, Win- with the Wednesday Arable event, so we have a big variety screen and a number of trials um, that we demonstrate on the main open day in, in June. Um, another main focus of the site is actually looking around wet weather diseases, mainly Septoria tritici on winter wheat and also net blotch, Rhynchosporium, and Ramularia uh, on barley, also. We've also been monitoring aphid numbers at the site. We have had three yellow water traps out in the crop since early September, which we've been sending off weekly to Fira. Uh, The numbers of aphids that we've been catching has been very low. Uh, We have caught the occasional bird cherry oat aphid, Um, so currently the the virus risk um, is quite low. But we've been using tools like the BYDV Assist app to help us with monitoring the populations and also the timings for applications if needed with the Shropshire site having nice light sandy soil we've managed to get on well with the drilling this year the main drill timing of winter wheat and winter barley was drilled on the 21st of September this was then followed up later on on the 16th of October with a second drill timing in some of the trials Uh, the conditions were getting fairly wet by the time we got round to these but generally with the soil type up there it's a bit kinder to us Um, so we managed to get on and get these done The plots that were drilled at the start on the 21st of September have established very nicely and are through to the two and three leaf stages. Where the crop was drilled on the 16th of October, the crop is well chitted but not quite emerged through the soil surface just yet. We do still have one drill timing left to get in the ground in the Shropshire site, which will probably be sort of the middle of November. We'll have to wait and see what the weather does as we don't want to make too much of a mess getting onto the crop and damaging the surrounding areas. Around 15 minutes down the road, um, near Stafford, we've got another small site looking at ryegrass control, which is a problem weed up in the area. Um, there's not so much of an issue with blackgrass, but more of an issue with ryegrass and brome species in cereals. This is the second year that we've been at this site, and we've had, we had some nice results last year of how to best control ryegrass, both culturally and chemically, and we're going to repeat that again this year with some of the work that we've got going on. This site was drilled on the 15th of September. It was fairly early but we managed to beat all the bad weather because I think every day I've been back there since it has managed to rain. Um, So it's gone into a good seedbed um, and we managed to get some good differences in levels of control between the ryegrass. The main focus of this site is around how we can best integrate the cultural control methods with the chemical options that we have available. So this site, there's a high population of both ryegrass and also brome species. So we're seeing how we can best suppress these grass weeds with the crop uh, and cereal choice that we're picking. So whether it's winter wheat or winter barley, and also whether it's hybrid barley and also the seed rates that we're using and how this impacts the suppression of the weeds, giving us a helping hand uh, in the control of these difficult grass weeds. With plenty of moisture following drilling of the site, uh, we've seen some good differences in the efficacy of the pre-emergence herbicide programmes that we've used. And it's very important, we've found from this year, that we need to mix different modes of action to try and optimise the amount of control we're getting from the overall programmes. We're also seeing some effects on crop safety, um, so optimising the timing of your applications of pre-emergence herbicides is key to try and reduce the impact on the emerging crop and also to improve your efficacy of the weeds that you're trying to control. If we move slightly further south we go down to our other site which is the Bambury Innovation Centre and this site is new to us this year, it's the first year we've been on this farm. Uh, it's some nice ironstone brash soil uh, which generally is is fairly kind to us. We got the site drilled up on the 16th of October just before the, the deluge of rain again. The crop was drilled into a nice seed bed. Uh, the surrounding crop has been a- unable to be drilled by the farmer due to the wet conditions ever since we got the site drilled. So we just got there in the nick of time. It was also rolled and sprayed up as well, so hopefully it gives us a good start um, for the trials this year. There is quite a bit of blackgrass at this site, um, so we wanted to delay the drilling as much as we could to try and reduce this burden later in the year. We've got a number of different trials at this site we 've got a variety screening both the winter barley and the winter wheat we'll also be looking at how to best use your hybrid barley, so looking in the future at how you could maybe take a silage cut as well as a grain cut off your off your hybrid barley crop and also how it fares against hybrid rye for the biogas market. We do have a late drill timing planned for the brambury site um, There has been space left in the crop to to drill this up, but we'll have to see if it ever dries up so we can get on and get this done, but we'll be looking at comparing different seed treatments with each other and how this impacts um, your plant stand, your disease control and rooting uh, when when the drilling is delayed um, into the middle of November. We've also been monitoring aphid numbers at this site as well with the three water traps. And again, as with Shropshire, we've had very little um, caught in the traps currently, Um, but we'll continue to monitor this through the autumn and see how the populations change. Some of the challenges that we're facing, uh, mainly the wet weather at the moment, so we're hoping that the crops that we've drilled late um, emerge as they should and there's good plant stands. Um, Generally, the seed rates have been increased where the drill date has been delayed, Uh, but we're hoping that establishment pests and diseases um, won't reduce the plant stands in the field, so we'll be monitoring for slug numbers and treating where appropriate. We'll also be continuing to monitor... Um, the aphid populations in the field with the yellow water traps and we'll continue to send out the updates on these as well. Over the next couple of weeks we'll continue to monitor the sites. Uh, we've also got some last minute drilling as I've mentioned to do um, if we get a chance. Uh, we'll also be putting out updates and any useful information that we get from the sites we'll be putting onto the website and also out as updates um, if it's applicable. Um, but yeah thanks for um, listening in today and hopefully you'll be able to come and see the the sites in the near future or updates that we're putting out thanks very much
0: thank you for listening to episode 47 of the in contact podcast if you have any thoughts or questions in this month's episode or even ideas for future topics let us know below if you've enjoyed this podcast be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at syngenta crops uk where you can find all the latest technical and community updates And if that's not enough, you can also find us on YouTube at TV, where we have a great selection of videos to keep you busy through lockdown 2.0. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next month for our last podcast of 2020.